Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we are going to be discussing one in a series of five Beef Watch webinars held during the month of March focused on drought management. The webinar we're going to discuss today is from the March 23rd series, and we're talking about alternative forage options during a drought. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Extension Range and Forage Specialist, Dr. Jerry Valeski, who's based at the West Central Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, it's good to be here. Well, Dr. Valeski, before we were getting on to have our conversation today, we were talking about much of the precip that's been received across the state over the last several weeks here in Nebraska, and that's helped to relieve some of the drought pressure I think we were feeling there towards the end of February, first part of March. But that having been said, the outlook is still for below normal precip and above normal temperatures as we look at the long-term forecast. That having been said, there's still, I think, going to be some interest in and perhaps need for some alternative forages as we look towards this upcoming growing season. Share with us some of the principles that you shared during the webinar series in terms of opportunities for producers to utilize annual forages. And then also, what are some management practices they need to think about or keep in mind to get the best use of those? Well, um, as you mentioned, the uh, pre precipitation we got, whether the rain or snow, the last uh, several weeks has really been helpful. But what that has primarily done, I believe, is really help refill some of the uh, soil moisture, you know, because going into last fall or ending last fall, we were very dry in, in most parts of the state, down to three to four feet in depth in our soil. So that precipitation we got really helped there. But of course, as we um, start the growing season, that, that soil moisture is gonna be, start to be used up with those actively growing plants. And as you mentioned, yeah, the longer term outlooks uh, for this late spring and summer are still tending towards uh, below or drier conditions. So what we talked about during uh, this uh, recent webinar was basically some of the different annual forage options that people might use. And of course, we would start thinking about here coming up quickly in the spring with some of the different cool season annuals. Now this would include things like uh, oats, uh, spring triticale, there's some spring barleys, a few other cool season species that um, here towards the end of March and early part of April is the ideal time for planting these. And probably oats is one of the more common ones that is used. And so with these spring planted um, annuals, uh, typically they're ready for grazing in mid to, mid to late May, sometime in there, depending on your location and, and how early you got those planted. But uh, with something like oats, for example, um, if we are going to be grazing, and the, either the, these can be either be grazed or hayed, but with oats, uh, we can begin grazing some, sometime in that uh, mid to latter part of March, and that typically lasts through the early part of, of July. And oftentimes, uh, so that's about a, about a month and a half to seven weeks of grazing. And, and if we got a good stand and some additional rainfall to go with it, or if it's irrigated, typically that'll support about uh, one and a half to two pairs, two cow-calf pairs per acre for that time period. Dr. Valeski, talk a little bit about grazing management on oats. How do you plan for when you initiate grazing? Is there any management practices to try to get the most use out of that? 
as I mentioned, you know, the, so let's just say it's about the third week of May, but you're looking for a height on that oats of about uh, six inches. And, um, you know, once it re seems to re reach that stage or that height, it can uh, uh, grow pretty rapidly. So you do not want it to, to get ahead of you. And then, of course, the other key thing with the grazing is adjusting your animal numbers as needed, you know, so making sure that you have enough there to keep up with it. And if possible, sometimes a, a simple rotation, which of course would mean uh, dividing that field um, into, into maybe just two, two separate paddocks can help you control that a little bit better. So while you're grazing on one side, the, the other half of that field is uh, regrowing after its first initial grazing. What are some of the other forage options that are available as we think about this spring and upcoming summer? Well, um, again, then aside from the, um, the cool season forages that I mentioned, which most of them are, are cereal grains, of course, the next uh, possibilities would be some of the warm season annuals or your summer annuals. And those are typically planted um, beginning in uh, mid to late May, where we have a soil temperature of at least 60 to 65 degrees. That would include things like your straight sedan grass, forward sorghum, some different canes, uh, sorghum sedan grass hybrids, uh, things like pearl millet. I uh, could even use foxtail millet, which is uh, primarily used for a hay crop. And with these, um, say if you did have a late May or first of June planting, they'll typically be ready for grazing about uh, early part of July to mid-July. So we're talking 40 to 45 days after planting. And a key thing with them as far as the grazing is that uh, you wanna make sure you get on them early enough. Say if you're dealing with sedan grass, once it reaches about 18 to 20 inches in height, that is when you should be um, beginning, beginning the grazing on it because it can go pretty quickly once you're into July there. And in a week's time, it can, it can go or increase in height by as much as a foot. So keeping up or getting started on it at the right time is very important. And then also, same with these warm season annuals, you know, a simple rotation can help you control that grazing a little bit better. And in, in, uh, whether it's at least just two paddocks, like I mentioned before with the cool seasons. Are there any toxicity issues we need to be aware of in grazing these annual forages? Well, yes, there is. In terms of the cool seasons, um, grass tetany is probably the, the, the number one problem that can, can arise. And so this would apply with uh, such as uh, the spring cool season ones, such as oats, or if you were grazing uh, some rye or triticale that you had planted the previous fall. And, you know, it's, it's late April or, or mid-May, and that those forages would be very, very lush and green. And so the um, um, approach to managing the grass tetany is generally to provide a magnesium supplement. An important thing about this is to do that about 20 or 30 days before the grazing starts. Now, of course, the other, or maybe it's the most primary uh, uh, other risk associated with some of these annuals is nitrates. And this could occur anytime, spring, summer, or fall. And usually nitrates are brought on by some type of stress, such as drought. Uh, sometimes we'll see it after a hail event too, because that is a stress on the plant. 
And then of course, um, excess nitrogen fertilizer oftentimes can be a contributor to um, high nitrates. Now the, the third one, lesser common would be prussic acid. And this um, generally only affects the sorghum related plants and often, most often time happens the period several days after a frost. And so generally to manage for that prussic acid, if, you're, if you are grazing um, some of the sorghum related plants in, in late September, early October, where there is that danger of frost is to make sure you do remove them from that pasture after frost. But several days, well, usually four to five days after that occurs, um, it's generally safe to go back there into that field because the prussic acid has dissipated. Dr. Bolesky, as we think about some of these forages, I think there can be some challenges in managing how quickly they grow and being able to match cattle demand to forage availability. What are some things maybe we can do if we find we're getting behind to try to slow things down or allow us to capture more of that forage and not waste much of it? Well, probably one of the Key things that, that could be done, for example, if we aren't able to keep up, and this is a particularly true if you did do a little bit of cross-fencing, but if you had, um, say, one of those summer annuals getting away from you in terms of height and growth, uh, you could just maybe hay that extra piece or that piece that you did fence out. And so that way you would still capture you know, the forage that is being produced. And so that's one of the the key things or key approaches that um, I think I would suggest. And as I mentioned earlier, um, uh, if you do have the flexibility with animal numbers in, in terms of being able to add or remove them, uh, that, that can work out quite well too. And then also making sure you get started at the appropriate height for, for each of the different species that could be used. Anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic in terms of key things to know and understand about using annual forages in a production system? Well, some of the, one of the main things I think is, you know, we want to uh, graze these very efficiently as, as possible. And, you know, if you think about it, if, if we do hay these, haying is very efficient. You know, we're, we're capturing most, most of the growth out there. And, in particular with those warm season annuals, which have the ability to grow quite tall, we can tend to have a pretty significant amount of, of waste and, and, and lost forage out there. So in fact, many times, I think it's not uncommon to see that if we're grazing some of these, you know, and, and not doing a really good job, we might only be getting or having a grazing efficiency of, of 30%. And by that, I mean only 30% of the forage out there is actually being consumed by the cattle. Uh, with the cool seasons, you know, which are shorter growing, particularly those, those cereal grains, um, the grazing efficiency is, is usually a, a lot higher. Um, sometimes I've seen with uh, things like rye or triticale that are grazed in the spring, people can, can actually really graze them pretty hard and, and you oftentimes see very little waste or, or uh, waste of the forage with that, with that uh, some of those small grains. Jerry, where would you recommend folks go to find more information on the topics we've discussed today? UNL uh, Beef website has a number of different uh, publications related to this, both, both uh, the cool seasons and the warm season. And it, they would cover all aspects uh, related to um, the planting, planting times, uh, seeding rates, 
that type of thing, as well as uh, the beef.unl.edu website would have a various, various uh, um, webinars that have been recorded, I think on the YouTube channel as well, as well as this particular uh, webinar from the drought series that occurred here during this month of March. Thanks again for taking the time to join me today. Yes, you're welcome. Well, for more information on the topics that were discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, the webinar we're discussing today is from the March 23rd webinar series, and the title of that webinar is Alternative Forage Options During a Drought. And as Dr. Valeski mentioned at the beef.unl.ed website, we do have a number of resources related to this topic.